0: I'm still trying to think of a cool way to start my podcast. And the only thing that keeps flashing up is in Half Half the World Away by Oasis. Right at the very start, there's like a conversation that they're recording between Noel and somebody else. And he just goes, yeah, we're on. And I feel like that is the coolest way I could have started. And I'm not saying I'm on the same level as Noel or Liam Gallagher, for that matter of fact, but I do pull off a mean bucket hat, maybe with a Parker if we're really feeling it. But that's the way I'm going to start. I feel like it's representative of who I am, where I'm from. So, yeah, we're on. So, welcome to Huss, which, when it's in the format of a podcast or a blog, is actually Hussy Talk. Um, I guess a lot of people want to know where the name's from. That would be a a great starting point, actually. It would be almost like I've planned it, which in school is what I consistently found on my papers for history and English and any essay writing subject, was to plan my answer. But I'm not a big planner, so we'll start with that. So, I originally was called The Wandering Tiger, and let me tell you why before anybody laughs about this. For any OGs out there that don't get it, I was, like, obsessed with, like, the Australian, uh, bohemian, like, fashion scene. Still am. Still iconic. There was a couple of websites called, uh, The Naked Tiger, which still love to this day. Really cool. Um, and I just wanted something that was a little bit like that, that was kind of a bit bohemian and a bit... kind of, you can't pinpoint. Um, so it was The Wandering Tiger. We are no longer The Wandering Tiger. I've had a bit of a rebrand, and something that's a bit more me. Because as much as I would like to think, I don't like to plan, and I don't like to be, like... labelled as such. I really do. (laughs) I really, really do. So, Hus basically, I wanted a name that was kind of ironic and poked fun at, um, well, derogatory female terms, basically. So, I found, obviously, like, hussies used to be, like, prostitutes or whatever. And I was like, well, I don't really want to just be called huss or hussy. I obviously did want to be called huss, so ignore that last pointer. Um, and it, it was either hustler, but again, I have this, um, constant fear of being sued by big brands because I have absolutely no money and I didn't want to take the old porno mag that was Hustler even if I did spell it with two S's. Would have been cool, would have been cool, not gonna lie to you. Um, would have been a bit Nasty Gal-esque if anybody doesn't know the origins of Nasty Gal, the fashion site. Um, that actually used to be an old porno site that the girl got the, um, rights to the name after they shut it down. Um, and I was like, iconic. I, I, absolutely iconic but I didn't want that so we are huss so when it's in like I said when it's in the format of a podcast or a blog it's hussy talk um and that's how we got to huss now I know a lot of people who probably are here have found me from my blog um and they know that I write a lot of kind of like feminist blogs um especially about women in sport and my experiences of being in sport and being a female. Um, And I just want to carry that on. So it will be a lot of similar things as what is on my blog, but obviously just spoken now. And I decided to go for a podcast as well because it means I can be a bit more interactive. I can go and get guests and they can talk about their experiences without me having to perfectly put it together And, you know, present it in a way where I'm like, can you check this over? Can you check that over? You know, it's more of a flowing conversation, which I find is so much more fun as well, because you catch people's nuances and their little things that they might edit out of a blog, because they don't really want you to see them. And I don't like that. I I like the imperfections. I like people not being absolutely spot on. And I did promise my mum I wasn't going to swear... Maybe I will keep to that promise, but it's very hard. I swear, like, I use it as an emphasis now. So just like you would use the words very, I, I swear now, Um, which is, I'm going to go with it's an unhealthy habit, and it's definitely not a professional habit. But this is the thing, people are multifaceted. I can change from being in a social setting to being a professional. So just get ready for me to talk about some psychological constructs, and you'll be like, Whoa. This girl clearly has no idea. No, I'm kidding. Um, But as far as Hus goes forward, my first series is going to be about behind the athlete. Um, The greater athlete, if you will. Um, And what we actually get up to in a day. I love how I'm putting myself on the same kind of pedestal as some of the guests I'm going to be talking to, which will be national and international champions. I'm not quite there yet, (laughs) but we will, we will see how I go in my training. That's, I'm going off track, doesn't matter. But most of the guests that I will be talking to will have had experience in quite a high level of sport. And it's good to see how they kind of factor in their mental health, uh, even at a really high athlete. Because, like I say, people have this premonition that... Athletes are people that are highly regimented, highly structured individuals, very self-motivated, which, yes, is consistent with current research materials of, of being an elite athlete, um, you know, kind of unrelentingly determined to just get to wherever they need to be, never gives up, optimistic. Sure, those are all characteristics that elite athletes possess, but we also then forget to look past the research papers and actually talk to the athlete itse- itself. God, it's like you guys are a foreign species, um, (laughs) themselves, um, and kind of really get to talk to them and look at how we would begin to explain how they feel and how they function. Because yes, while they, they do seem to have these characteristics, it's also a case of, that's not all they are. They have more to them than that. And if they were to land themselves in a situation, choking for example in a competition how do they recover from it, how do they how does their brain actually change as a result of choking at a major championships um, you know there are countless stories of people that have been since diagnosed with depression after winning say like Olympic medals and things like that because everything they've been doing for the last, and I love when advertisements and TV things say four years, it's not four years, it's a lifetime of work um, so how do they react when that past lifetime has now basically come to an end they've achieved everything they want to achieve and perhaps it wasn't everything they expected um so yeah these are some interesting conversations that we're going to get into but predominantly I will focus on female experience in sport but in relation to that I also want to talk about mental illness as a whole in being an elite athlete or being an athlete in general and how you cope with that and how Especially growing up in today's era with social media and pretty much being taught how we're supposed to react to these things. How that affects us and how that impacts our kind of recovery from that so to speak. So I hope you all enjoy and I hope you're already not sick of my voice because I get told a lot that I talk a lot. And I talk fairly quickly but slowing it down just feels a bit weird and I don't enjoy it. So, plus, if I talk faster, I get it out faster, which means you have to listen to me less. So, surely that's a good thing for you and for me, with my anxiety now through the roof, which is really funny as well, because there is literally no one around, and I am sat on my bathroom floor making this podcast. Who knows, maybe give it a couple years, and I'll be doing it in a big studio with some really high-profile guests, and this is all where it started from. As Drake said, started from the bottom. Well, I'm still at the bottom, but... but